how does walking fit in? Today, we're going to talk about walking and how it fits in with your run training. Some people are run walkers and other people have to actually start their running journey by walking on their easy aerobic days, which we would eventually lead into as easy running. But today we're going to be talking about how walking can actually fit in with everybody's training, even if you're an elite athlete. Um, Everyone can benefit from walking, right? So we're going to talk about what those benefits are. First, we're going to lay out how the podcast is going to be in order of what topics, and you can skip ahead if there's something in this podcast that maybe pertains a little bit more to you. But we're going to start with how most beginners probably should start with walking. Um, It really depends on like where your fitness level is at. We'll go into a deep dive there. We'll talk about where you would start if you were just starting out. And so if you know someone in your life who has wanted to get into running, this could be really helpful to share this information with them and also just help you have a better understanding of where someone might start off as an adult or even as a child. How do you get someone who has never ran before, hasn't ran since they were a child to all of a sudden being able to run three, four miles at a time. And that really starts with that foundation of walking. So that's where we're gonna start off with this podcast. Then we're gonna move into what the run walk method is and how that can be really useful in building endurance and helping people get to that level where they can run maybe without stop breaks if that is their goal. And then we're going to talk about the next tier here, which is maybe a little bit more advanced, right? So if you are a trail runner or an ultra runner, how you might actually utilize walk breaks through your training and even on race day so that you can perform to your best potential. And for people who have never really done trail running or ultra marathons or trail ultras, it might be new information to hear that almost everyone, even the top finishers, depending, right, will walk portions of the course. And this is planned out and there is a reason for it. So stay tuned for why that is. Next, we're going to be talking about something that a lot of athletes probably have done at one point or another, and that is walking between intervals in a workout. So we talk a lot about easy running, keeping the pace really casual, but when we do these workout days and we do intervals, like today I had a workout, for example, it was 10 by one minute hard with one or two minutes recovery in between. Depending on the purpose of that workout, we could be stressing a very, very high anaerobic zone. And so if you're working in those anaerobic zones, you're gonna be very breathless at the end. And if you're only given one to two minutes of recovery after something that's very anaerobic, you might need to walk portions of that and that might make a little bit more sense. Whereas that same workout, 10 by one minute, If you dial that pace back a little bit and you do it more at a threshold pace or even like a 10K, 5K pace, you might be able to get away with a little bit more of an aggressive recovery, right? So we're jogging it instead of walking. So we'll talk about that. And then lastly, where it can benefit everyone is how walking can actually aid in your recovery. So I know a lot of times people will talk about 
a shakeout run like the day after a marathon, which is kind of funny, but Mm -hmm. you can get a lot of benefits of doing just a shakeout walk um, without having to do the aggressive um, running there. So there are a lot of benefits to getting out and maybe going on a walk, especially if you're someone who has like a desk job and you run right away in the morning. There's a lot of benefits to getting up, walking around, getting that blood flow moving because again, anytime you're getting the blood flow really moving, that's when you are having that recovery process kind of kick off and really aid in that process because we all want to know how can we speed up recovery and so the blood flow is really important there within reason of course we don't want to spend all day walking that would also be a little bit counterproductive but diving into the first point here ah man beginners most beginners are really going to be starting off with walking and so this might be interesting information for some people because you jason um your background is fairly common in the sport of running. So someone who starts in middle school, you really started like as a child. And so I think even with us, like we have a almost six year old who it's really easy to get someone who is very, very young and runs around a lot to get into running. He doesn't, our six year old doesn't really need to start with going on walks because he was never had like a period where he was sedentary. But if you get an adult, let's say, my parents, for example, they had decades in their life where they were completely inactive, right? So you're you're 50 years old, you haven't worked out in two decades, and the last time you went on a, a run was maybe when you were 16 years old. So we're talking 34 years. That is a massive amount of time. And so it doesn't really make sense to in most cases, it really depends on where this person's starting out and really how exaggerated is this um, story, right? Because some people, they are active in other ways. Like they go to the gym, mm-hmm. they're on the elliptical, they're doing walks. But let's say this person hasn't even walked, right? In right. 10 years, they don't go on walks. What I'm going to have most people start off doing, if you're an adult, I mean, if you're pretty much anywhere beyond the age of probably 25, I'm probably going to have you just start with walking. Um, there's a lot of reasons for that. Number one, if you're inactive, going on a brisk walk is actually going to elevate your heart rate into zone two. And that's actually the heart rate that we want you to be using to build your aerobic base. So a lot of runners, when they go out and they do an easy run, they're working that zone two. So they're working at that very low but elevated heart rate to build endurance. If you're a beginner and you don't run at all, going out on a run, regardless of the pace, your heart rate, if you haven't ran and you don't have a background, it's going to skyrocket. And I get comments like this on social media all the time that said, oh, every run, no matter what the pace, my heart rate's in the 180s, 170s. And that is simply because we need to train the body to work at these lower zones. And the way that we do that is by walking. And so whatever pace of walking, you get your heart rate elevated into zone two, where um, you're kind of getting a little breathless. The effort is about like a three or four on the 10 scale. That's going to actually help you ease into faster walking paces eventually, and then into run walks. And so that's how a lot of adults will actually start their running journey. And again, everyone has different start points. So 
maybe you're like, wow, that sounds really extreme, but it just depends on where you're at, right? For some people that might be too easy, but for a lot of people who want to get into running, maybe you know someone, like people in your mind, think of people that you know who say to you, oh, I wish I could get into running. Really what we should be encouraging these people to do is simply to go out on like 20 minute walks three times a week, because that in and of itself is what's really going to help build your endurance. And I know your mom recently, um, having some like heart things going on a couple years back, she got into exercise and obviously you have to start with walks. Mm -hmm. And now when she tells me the paces that she's able to walk on the treadmill with an incline, she has progressed over the years and she is able to now at this point do some run walk intervals. And this is someone who just started exercising in their late 50s and is now in their 60s and is running for the first time. So this is something that you're able to progress. And I I hate when people think that they can't get into running because there is that barrier, especially if you know people, like if people know us and they see us going on like seven, eight mile runs, that seems impossible. And the way that you break it down and let someone really get into the sport is by encouraging them to do something like walk. And I think as runners, we can sometimes have this like ego, like, oh, I don't walk, I don't wanna do walks. And that's just not productive because it doesn't help people get into the sport. So if you really wanna help people get into the sport and you're a runner and you wanna spread running and you want your friends to run or you want family members to get into running, instead of trying to get them into running, I would say, try to get, just get them to go on a walk with you and try to be that person that encourages walking because that is one of the most healthy things that an individual can do. And maybe they'll fall in love with it. Maybe they'll realize they feel really good after these walks. And then maybe, like your mom did, we'll progress into some of these run walks naturally because walking will eventually feel, quote unquote, too easy. Yeah, um, great intro. You know, I love how you painted a picture of sort of how a lot of beginner runners maybe get into running and, and, and it'll depend on like their background. Like you were saying, have they had any experience doing like zone one work um, you know, in any capacity or, or like upper end zone one, low zone two work. So just getting the heart rate elevated slightly for a sustained period of time, I'd say 30 minutes or longer, right? So are they doing any elliptical? Are they doing any swimming, uh, biking, anything like that, right? And so if you have been doing that, then obviously we can maybe progress you a little bit quicker into the running part. But if you are someone like my mom, who um, pr- pretty much her entire life was completely sedentary, um, you know, you have to start off with just with just the walking and then like you mentioned the, the paces will increase um and you can out el- you can change the elevation and the incline and all that too to offer some challenges um so walking alone will start to improve endurance and um you know i a lot of times i i love what we do because i do get a lot of beginners but i i wouldn't say they're like they're not they're usually not like my mom right they're usually right. someone that has um maybe they've maybe they've ran a couple miles before right. or i can't tell you how many people that i've I've just met over the years that like go out and they run two miles or whatever, three miles, and then like they yep. don't do it again. And like you said, that's probably because it's it's like so much for them and they if they can't think about continuing that. But if they started with like run walks, right? Mm. Um, and maybe their entire run walk workout was like a mile and a half, two miles, and then they can they can replicate that over the course of you know a few times per week, and then they they can maintain that consistency. That's really how they're going to make that three mile run seem a lot more manageable over time. And so I think. You know, there's a, it's good to get involved with a coach, someone that can help identify like where you're at because each person is on their own unique um, uh, path in terms of their experience, right? Mm-hmm. And so 
Um, I definitely like starting with athletes um, from all walks of life and just kind of working in like a run-walk program. I'll start with like 30-second run intervals, and the first run might just consist of like four to six of those, right? And then we can increase to 45 seconds or a minute and so on. So Right. The run-walk method is really great, and I think it's important to really break it down, right? So when most people are doing the run-walk method, they are not going out on run-walks or runs or whatever you want to call it probably more than three days a week just because that's the level that they're typically at. If you are someone who maybe does more than that, I've seen some people on social media who choose to even when um, they've built up their mileage, they just enjoy doing run walk method or maybe you're an ultra runner and you do a lot of trail running so you incorporate run walks, that's great too. But if you're kind of in that beginner base phase where most people are at when we prescribe run walks, they're probably doing it every other day. And I like people to think of these run walks as your workout days. So typically they're harder efforts than what you're doing on the other days. A lot of my athletes that do run walks, they will have other days where they are doing an easier workout. So it might be a spin bike where they're in zone two. Um, and then their hard days, are the run walks. And so these run walks are really like intervals, right? So think of if you're out on a track and you're doing like 400 meter repeats, 800 meter repeats. That's what I think of these run walks as. Um, What I do think is really challenging is getting people to buy into them. I think there's a lot of people who would benefit, like we're talking about beginners, right? There's a lot of people who feel like there's a barrier into the sport of running. And Let's say they can go out on these 20, 30 minute walks and that does quote unquote nothing for them. They're not really getting a really good workout doing that and they want to get into doing running. Um, Most people want to just go out and run, right? (laughs) Most people don't want to do a run walk. They don't like the idea of it. I don't know. I have a lot of friends who have like husbands who want to get into running and it's the same story time and time again. Husband goes out, two to three mile run. He comes back. He's gassed, right? So what I view that as, husband's going out. Pacing, if you're not, if you're new to running, is extremely challenging. And so what most of these people do is they're going out. They're running basically as hard as they can because what what other pace do you know? I mean, I used to do the same thing when I got into running. I'd go out. I would just be like, I'm I'm going two miles, and I knew one pace. It was like all all out. I mean, it wasn't necessarily all out, but it was a very hard effort. So when you're done with that, imagine if every time you went on a run, it was a race. I mean, you wouldn't, that would be really, you wouldn't be motivated to go out and run every day because it's so painful, because it's so difficult. Um, So typically what we see there is people will maybe get into it for a week or two. They end up getting really sore. Maybe they get hurt um, and then they kind of fall off. And then it's like a repeat cycle every couple of weeks or months. But the best way for someone to really get into running if you're not running that much is to do the run walk method. Um, even if you're coming back into running, right? So if you're coming back postpartum after time off, um, if it's just been a couple of years, maybe even a couple of weeks, right? If you're coming back after surgery, um, and you've been cleared to run and stuff, you don't need to go out and do like a four mile run as your first run back. And I see this happen all the time. People will, um, like give birth, right? And then six weeks later, doctor is like, yeah, you can go run. And then boom, they're they're going and doing a solid run, no walks. And 
Then maybe a couple weeks later, an injury pops up. And I think the best way that you can either get back into running or get into running for the first time is to do run walks. Very common is like three minute run, one minute walk. But where we really start off is something even easier, right? So if it's your first time doing it, we might do a walking warm up of like five minutes, one minute run, two minute walk, one minute run, two minute walk, mm-hmm. and really getting that full recovery in between, getting your body primed up, used to running. Um, there's a number of reasons why run walks are really good, but one of them is that way every time you're in that walking interval, you can like recheck in with your body, assess how you're feeling, especially if you're coming back from the injury. It's really good to do that because if you go out and do like a three mile run, you might not notice, oh, something is flaring up because you haven't given yourself that chance to kind of assess what's going on. Um, It also limits like how much time you're running, but still gives you like a 20, 30 minute workout, right? So you can make it longer, even if you're only doing a total of six minutes of running with the intervals, you're still out there getting a 20, 30 minute workout. So it still feels like, you know, it's worth it, quote unquote. Um, And I think that's a really good method. So do you have anything to add to this run walk method for people? I mean, a lot of people listening probably just more so they know people that maybe want to get into running. And so this is really where it's applicable. It's like, how can people spread this knowledge and help people like remove that barrier? Because the biggest thing for me, I I wish everyone could run. I wish everyone could um, have a training plan that like fits them and really realizes that like, hey, I can do this thing. And I think being able to do the run walk method is probably one of the best ways that more people could get into endurance um, running exactly i mean there's so many variables with running when you think about pace and distance and running walking and so it's sort of like thinking where you each where would you start right if you're trying to learn something new you want to start at level one so Mm. that it's easy for you and you can progress quicker you don't want to come in at level five and have it be too difficult right and then you you kind of lose hope another benefit you mentioned or that you were kind of talking about um that i thought of was Uh, how it just helps with pacing, right? So if you're doing one minute running, you have a chance to, like you said, regroup, catch your breath. Uh, But afterwards, if you're you're taking your splits or you're using like a a lap feature, you can at least compare and look at the pace um, across all of your run intervals at the end. So you can get a sense of how how you pace and that sort of thing, or maybe how much you slowed down on a particular segment if there was a hill or whatnot. So, um, and then the other thing is, you know, you talked about someone just going out and running two, three miles they you know a lot of times that is close to their max effort so Mm -hmm. you know if we but everyone has like a v dot score right and a lot of times we just or v dot um you know range of of paces and we just don't know what that is for people that are kind of new to running and so um you know if they're coming in and they're running close to max effort we know that that's going to be probably exceeding their threshold and so um if we plug that number that pace into the v dot we would see what their real paces are right and so that's kind of a good reminder too is like why we should start off running those slower paces so that we can you know, sustain them, keep the heart rate down a little bit more so we don't just skyrocket up to zone four. Um, And then lastly, you know, I had, I've had to embrace run walks over the years with Mm. recovering from injuries. And so, yeah, I get the fact that a lot of times you let your ego get in the way and you don't want to spend that time walking because maybe it's not that challenging uh, aerobically. But um, Mm. for me, I've had to do it mainly for, um, you know, calf reasons to make sure that my calf can handle the blood flow, make sure it doesn't seize up on me. And I've coached a lot of runners to embrace that run walk method. Um, you know, if they're overcoming like some sort of injury so that we can progress them back safely. So it's a progressive overload. We don't have a flare up. 
Yeah, like how you said you don't, like, some people might not like the feeling of the run-walk method because it might not feel very challenging aerobically. And I think that's a really good foundation for people to embrace easy running because it's the same concept. I, I get it a lot all the time. People will be like, how do you slow down on your easy days? And a lot of it is like sitting with that discomfort of like, hey, I don't actually need to be going max effort on these runs or I don't even really need to be pushing it. And so really getting comfortable with, hey, like I can be out here working at a lower effort and it's still actually doing something highly beneficial um, is is really important for people. So next we're going to move into the ultra running world and trail races, trail running. Um, for those of you who maybe have never done trail running before, it is quite different than road running. Um, it, it's really gonna depend on the trail that you're running, right? You could be upwards of like, I don't know, like eight minutes per mile slower if you're climbing up a mountain. I know when we went to Boulder, Colorado, it was kind of an experience for us. Like we found a trail and we're like, this will be a really great thing to, hmm. to run up. Um, only to realize we were actually running directly up a mountain. And so it's just, it's very different, right, than running on a flat road. It's almost like a completely different sport. Um, I've done a few trail races and trail ultra, well, one trail ultra um, over the years. And one thing that I definitely have noticed in these races is people will walk up the hills from the beginning, right? And typically, if you don't start walking up the hills at the beginning, you definitely will be walking up the hills, if not all of the course by the end. Because what happens when you run uphill, um, if you've ever tracked your heart rate or ever heard your breathing, like take the music out and try to run up a hill next time, you'll notice a few things your heart rate is probably gonna start increasing. Your breathing, definitely going to start increasing when you're going uphill. If you're running a trail race, there are a lot of hills potentially, right? Depending on what type of trail race you're doing. But trail races around here and in most parts of the country, very hilly. If you are constantly elevating your heart rate, getting your breathing up, you're no longer in zone two, zone three, you're at maximum effort and you're doing that throughout the course, and you're asking your body to be out there for two plus hours, well, guess what? You're gonna run out of gas, right? <laughs> your body needs to be operating in those lower zones in order to maintain the pace, especially when we're talking um, with events that last for longer than 90 minutes, right? And so in these endurance worlds, when you're doing like 25K trail race or a half marathon, depending on how um, fast or slow you are, you're gonna really want to utilize the approach of walking up hills, if not slowing down dramatically. So I do think maybe if you're elite, right, you can probably slow down your run pace enough where maybe you can get up some of those hills and not have your heart rate maxing out. But you really wanna be aware that running up a hill at 12 minute pace, if it's like a 12% grade, right, that's a completely different thing Right. than running 10 minute pace on flat, right? So I don't have a conversion chart in front of me, but I'd gather to say if you're you're going up a 12% grade, a 12 minute pace could maybe be like seven, right? And so if you, that's your 5K pace, boom, why are we doing 5K effort um, in the middle of a race? We really wanna be making sure that our effort um, is consistent throughout the race. And so typically what that means is you're gonna be walking up the hills. Right. 
yeah, I love how you, you know, you talked about the different dis- distances too of the races and, mm-hmm. you know, especially if it's going to be marathon distance or longer, like ultra, you, you're right. going to be, that's a good practice or rule of thumb is just to start walking every hill early on. Um, I remember one time we did this half marathon and it was called like Terror and Glen. It was in the middle of Wisconsin and there was a hill that I stopped to walk on because it was so steep. And I just, I just remember I, I was the, probably the first time I'd ever walked during a race. So um, it was humbling, but you know, it, it is something that, you know, doesn't really matter the distance. Um, it probably only added literally 20 seconds to my time. So, you know, what, which is hardly anything when you think about a half marathon. So, um, well, yeah. right. And that's the other thing. I think people think if I stop to walk even for 30 seconds, Oh, there goes my time or like, the, but what's really interesting. Cause I think it was about a year and a half. Now I did a 25 K Afton trail race. Um, and I stopped to walk every single hill. If you are to look at my splits from that race, you wouldn't be able to really tell like what miles right. I was walking. Um, yeah. It just, cause it evens out, right? So maybe you go a little bit faster on the downhills. And another thing, you're probably not walking for as long as you think you are. And you're also walking at a pretty brisk pace going up right. those hills. So it kind of balances out, right? Um, and so don't worry if you stop to walk for a little bit, even during like the COVID era, right? Where things were a little bit different. I did a few marathons or half marathons where no one was at the water stops. So you had to like kind of get your own cup. Mm-hmm. And so I walked through a couple water stops during one of these marathons I did. And I remember looking at my splits after and thinking, I'm so confused. I thought I was walking through all these water stops. You can't tell. But that's the thing is sometimes it's actually going to make you be able to run faster because you are getting like a little break and so it's it's almost like it's beneficial in some ways so i definitely think it's not something you should be um like afraid to do or i know some runners are like oh i want to do the whole thing without walking and so that can sometimes if that's your goal that's fine but really break it down like is that really your goal or is your goal to finish in the best time possible? And for some people, it might actually be more advantageous depending on the race, depending on like your level and ability to incorporate some walks into your run, right? So maybe if you're doing a hilly marathon and you did some run walks in your train, there's nothing wrong with like walking a little bit in your marathon or half marathon, right? I think I walked through some of my um, water stops when I did a 301 marathon. So it's not really, it's there's no like time limit, right? Like anyone can can walk through water stops. I see people who break three hours walk through water stops. It's just however you can do it mo- most efficiently and get you to the finish line fueled and feeling good, that's what you should do. So next we'll talk a little bit about walking in between intervals during a workout. Um, So there are a lot of different recommendations and prescriptions based on maybe different coaching philosophies out there, right? Um, And also what is the purpose of each workout? So some coaches will actually prescribe walking recovery in between. There's a number of reasons why. Some of it could just be mental, right? I know some coaches who they prescribe workouts such as five by one mile at threshold pace and they just say yeah with 60 seconds walk in between there's really no physiologic reason why you would need to have that be a walk in between if you're someone that's able to get your heart rate lowered kind of doing a slow jog right there's really no 
different, but I think for some coaches, their idea is like the mental break, right. the mental break. And really, if you're doing a workout like three by one mile at threshold, you don't even really need a break in between, to be honest. The reason for the break is sometimes mental, sometimes like build up, but the idea is like a threshold workout is a pace you can hold threshold for an hour in your race, right? So you can do three miles at threshold without taking breaks. But the reasons for the breaks, there's a lot of them. And the reasons to do a walk break, well, different people have different philosophies here. I personally would recommend most of my athletes do slow jogs in between if possible. Um, Mm -hmm in between like a marathon pace or even like threshold workouts. If you're doing a workout that's requiring more of like an anaerobic engine, right? So you're doing something really fast, like 10K, 5K, that sort of thing. We might do a little bit of walking between. Um, It also maybe depends on the weather. Maybe depends on how you're feeling. At the end of the day, it doesn't really make a huge difference if you're walking or jogging in between. I don't really think it it, um, however you can recover is the best way to do it. Right. So if you do need to walk to like feel fully recovered, then that's what you should do. Yeah. Really well said, you know, back in high school and college, I was, you know, we would do a lot of interval type work. And so a lot of times I would be walking involved, like on the track afterwards. And, um, you know, I think for a lot, and then you'd see some people, they'd start like jogging right away and other people would choose to walk and then other people would maybe start jogging right before the next interval starts. Right. And so everyone kind of had their own preference. I was always one, like it depended on how much, you know, recovery we were supposed to have in between there or how much ground we were supposed to cover. Like if we're doing 400 Mm. meter repeats with 200 meter, you know, rest in between, you know, a lot lot of times I would like walk the first hundred and then jog the second hundred or something like that, just so that it's sort of like I'm, I'm recovering and then I'm slowly kind of getting back into it. Right. So I'm getting my legs moving again. Um, so whatever works for you, I think, you know, if you, if you're new to doing interval workouts or trying to hit repetition paces, definitely incorporating a walk can be good. And then like you were saying for a lot of my athletes, I prefer a a nice slow jog if it's more threshold or marathon pace work. Right. And then if you, if you really can't slow down, right? Like, so I have some athletes or, you know, just know yourself, right? Like if you can't actually run at the appropriate recovery pace, then yeah, I would rather have you stand and like not even move than try to go at like a gray zone pace in between. Because the idea in between reps is so that you can recover. And if you're not getting that recovery because you're still pushing it and you're still going like hard and you're not able to get your heart rate down, it's kind of going to maybe defeat parts of the workout, maybe lower your confidence, those sort of things. Now moving into the last part of this podcast is just walking for recovery, right? So walking just for the sake of walking can be incredibly useful, right? So walking helps increase blood flow, which helps sore muscles from running. Going on walks before or after runs or on cross-training rest days can be beneficial to promote blood flow and jumpstart that recovery process. So especially if you're someone who has like a desk job, right? Mm -hmm. I worked in accounting before doing it for PRs full time, but a lot of that is just desk work, right? Um, It's online coaching. So a lot of it's at the computer, doing phone calls, that sort of thing. But one way that I have realized over the years that I do need to get up from my desk every once in a while and really get some of that blood flowing, especially if you do like a workout, hard workout in the morning and sitting, it's just not great for promoting blood flow. So it's good to go on some walks, make sure you're getting that blood flow. Um, There's just so many benefits to walking. And I think sometimes runners are like, "Eh, I walk or I, 
I run so much I don't need to walk but even like a short like 10 minute walk or something once a day if you have a desk job um, can really help in a lot of ways but if you're someone who has a pretty active job like I have a friend that works at Costco so she's on her feet for like eight hours a day it definitely doesn't probably need to incorporate walks like you used to be a teacher and so you're on your feet a lot already it's probably better to like not be on your feet so just kind of knowing your body and what your day-to-day activity levels look like I'm someone where if I didn't run I'd probably only get like 4,000 steps a day and that would only be because I'm like chasing a toddler around but besides (laughs) that like I could go probably like less than 2,000 steps in a day just given what I do um so I think walking can be a really good way to promote the blood flow and just be aware of things. Yep. And, you know, I recently started kind of uh, assigning a few more walks uh, in my athletes' training logs just so that there is that sort of accountability piece of, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting, getting um, using that time wisely to, you know, commit to yourself, commit to your health and your, your fitness, um, especially for athletes that maybe struggle with consistency with their running. Mm. Um, it'll just be good to plug something in there, even if it's like a 15-minute walk. But... Yeah, I think getting out, um, like you mentioned, if you have a desk job or you're not, you're pretty sedentary during the day, putting those in there. And even if you're, um, you need to do a walk later in the day after like a hard session or a long run too, that can be good too, just to help with the blood flow. So um, I think that walking for recovery is definitely something that we don't talk about enough. So it's good that we brought brought it up today. And that was a really good point though, that Mm -hmm. like the consistency piece, I think sometimes people will go to that extreme of, oh, I'm going to do a run streak. I'm going to run every single day. Um, And so I like the principle of the consistency of that. But in practice, running every single day is like incredibly hard on the body. And so maybe you have a walk streak, right? Like maybe your goal is I want a minimum of X steps a day or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Just trying to stay active, especially if you're someone who has a desk job just kind of being aware of those things because it definitely can help with the blood flow and getting things moving for sure so yeah thanks for tuning into this episode we do have a lot of coaches here on for prs that actually work with athletes who want to do the run walk method a lot of our athletes will do the run walk method and we have a lot of beginner athletes we also have advanced athletes and everywhere in between so if this is something that's interesting to you or Maybe you know someone who is trying to get into running. We would love to help them out and chat with either you or them about this. So if that's something you're interested in, you can fill out the form on our website, www.runforprs.com for a free seven-day run coaching trial. Again, that's www.runforprs.com. Thanks for tuning in.